Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. up wizards fans welcome to another believe in wizards podcast i'm matt Maderno. he's jihadi white and this is believe in wizards like we said we're going to talk about the wizards and it's been kind of the spectrum of games here in the last couple weeks or last couple days since we talked they had a close loss to the 76ers jihadi and i thought they looked really good and then they came out flat and listless against brooklyn and got their asses kicked is that what just we're in for for the rest of the season here like look good some nights look terrible some nights i, I just kind of that was surprising to me they look so flat we did look flat against Brooklyn. Um, and Brooklyn's a, a team that just is a great perimeter team, though. I mean, as far as they just move the ball around perimeter so many different ways. Um, so we didn't look the best against Brooklyn. It was more to me, it's the perimeter defense, but also yeah, Brooklyn kept getting one foot in the paint every time. So mm-hmm. the paint touches are just ridiculous. You know, even if there's paint to be pitched back out, it's a lot of times it's the paint to help guys not really helping. They're getting all the way to the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, that's major to me for just too many paint touches with us and just perimeter defense and closeouts. Brooklyn is a team that is a high percentage three-point shoot team. You have to close out. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I, I felt like the – Wizard sort of lack of overall athleticism was on display in this game. Like yeah. Brooklyn's just a little more athletic in sort of every way, but you could make the same argument about Philly and, and they hung in there too. So I think a lot of this maybe just comes down to effort sometimes. I like think just, the argument with Philly may be different though. Yeah. That just talent and size, maybe more than just straight athleticism, I guess, but true. But if you were watching the Philly game, if you were really, really watching that Philly game. Hmm. They didn't play any defense. Philly didn't play defense. <laughs> that that is also true. Yeah, <laughs> like they literally said, "We're gonna not, we're not going to play defense the first half of the game." Yeah, let's just stick around, and then mid third quarter, let's just put it on. Let's not, you know, start playing defense, and then that's because we can hang in the game until third quarter without having to exert ourselves with defense mm-hmm. or exert ourselves defensively that bad. Joel didn't play a lick of defense the entire, it, not until the third third quarter that he started and playing. Only had Gafford had one of his best offensive games of the year. Go figure. Right it. after getting hurt. Yeah, true. Right now, for as for as uh, Brooklyn goes, it was it was rebound until it was one possession in the second quarter mm. that Brooklyn literally got four chances at the basket because yeah. and but just because of off the offensive defensive rebounding effort yeah. right just like it's just ridiculous so it's just a lot of things but the major you got to realize like with the team with, with our team this season we we never have won the the rebounding no. the rebounding competition in any team we always were the lower rebounding team mm-hmm. if I think that's major. So now we're not 
even when we're sinking offensively, we're not really getting a lot of offensive rebounds to get chance second chance um, opportunities at the hoop. Yeah, I agree. I, I think every team in the NBA, you see at least a couple possessions a game. Somebody gets the offensive rebound, they kick it out for a wide open three. I just can't remember that many of those for the Wizards. Maybe I just I'm wired to block out the good things, but it just feels like they get a lot less of those plays than every other team gets against them. It is. It's true. It's true. Uh, because but, it, because we're not getting long rebounds. Yeah. The guards right, don't, so don't rebound three, Yeah. Right. I mean, now this league now is a, it's either three-pointers or layups or drives, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No, not too many uh, 15-footers or anything in the league because it's a lower percentage shot, right? So – it's a lot of long rebounds in this yeah. league now, right? So just Gafford, Gafford and Kuzma can't get every rebound under the basket. Those those perimeter players, you know, Tyus and and Poole, uh, Denny, they have to really start to rebound them. Or Denny is not a bad rebounder, but we they have to really, you know, chase down those long rebounds. Yeah. yeah. No, they need more help there and, and that's the one nice thing about the brooklyn game was cool volley really helped out on the rebounding side had a career best tenants uh believe uh, i think i saw um, the youngest wizard ever to record a double double at 19 years old uh so or 19 years and 135 days old so that's pretty cool but they really needed his help along the way so uh yeah we hopefully we see more of that from him throughout the course of the year here i think he's only going to get better uh before we get too far into this guys tease and rolling with the nfl in full stride of the nba and nhl hitting mid-season form betaline is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute sports wagers news odds trends and predictions betaline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports and not just the big four betaline has your info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for anyone almost any time that any sport is played from MMA to international soccer. Head to bet online today and use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, for 50% off on your welcome deposit on your first uh, welcome bonus on your first deposit. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is where we're, we're at with the wizard season here. So, Jody, I got a question for you real quick about this Philly game. Uh, Joel Embiid. Uh, had 50 points and 12 rebounds. And we talked about not playing much defense overall. I thought Gafford tried. You know, it wasn't like a total lack of effort. He put up some resistance. Did you ever have a game where you felt like you played a guy pretty hard and guarded him really well and it just didn't matter and he still had a big game? Any, any, you know, uh, performances like that that come to mind? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Um, it was usually those games against a guy like, like Alonzo Mourning or Shaq. Mm-hmm. Or believe it or not, Eldon Campbell. I don't know if you remember him. I do remember Eldon. He had yeah, some nights. Well, he just had an awkward game. Mm-hmm. To, and you felt like, you know, you were doing a good job. And it seemed like he was, you are working really, really hard. You're putting forth the best effort. And you're working, you're working your butt off. And he's putting just not nowhere near as much effort as you and just getting mm-hmm. easy shots, yep. easy attempts. But it's always usually against those vets mm-hmm. who's un- who understands how to work smarter, not harder. I got you. Right. So, and that's, and you could tell Embiid just figured it out. Like, he like, 
hey, I can get 50 without exerting <laughs> a lot of energy out here. Yeah. You notice he does. He's like, oh, I know I can get at least 10 from the free throw. You know, I can get mm-hmm. uh, some three-pointers. Couple He's barely going to the basket. Yeah. So, he yeah. A, he had a few gimme cleanups. And, and, and he was like, and I don't re- I'm not going to put a lot of effort in the defense until I, we have to, until it's time to win the game. Yep. Yeah, that was 100% sure. Uh, you nailed the kind of the theme of that Nets game from the beginning with the defense. And Tyus Jones uh, summed it up. Ava Wallace, Washington Post, had this quote, but it was uh, Ty said, our effort just wasn't there defensively. You can't do that. We've done that a number of times this year, and you've got to grow up in that area and learn from it. I thought that was a, uh, you know, pot calling the kettle black kind of situation here because I thought he got roasted on the perimeter. So, I mean, maybe he was putting an effort, but it, it wasn't showing uh, much from a results perspective. So, I, no, it didn't. Not, you know, it's it's tough coming from him after that performance is all. Well, yeah, yeah. That's it's. You wonder if he really means it. If it's mm-hmm. oh, it's just something he, you know, that was that he just regurgitating that was something that was you know talked about in the locker room. Right. Right. Honestly, felt that way. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, you know. Especially a guy like Tyus, you expect him to. At this point in his career, he has to. He has to know that for him to go to another level, he has to be a defensive player too. At least when you when you look at him and say, "Okay, he's he's respecting the defense. He's trying." You know, I mean, if it were, if Jordan Poole wasn't on the team, mm-hmm. Tyus would just look like he didn't care about perimeter defense at all. Yeah, I agree. I, right? Do you think they look just worse in like worse individually because they're together? Like if either of them was next to a better perimeter defender, would they look less bad because they'd have somebody kind of backing them up a little bit? I think it's accountability. Yeah. Hmm. It's accountability. With, with each yeah, other. They look or? terrible because they're together. Because I mean you can't see it's like the 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 best of the worst. Mm. Defensive wise, perimeter defense, you know, perimeter wise, you know, on defensive end. Um, but then it's accountability. Our best perimeter defense guy is a rookie. <laughs> so how much accountability can he hold, right? To hold hold them account. How much can he hold them accountable? Mm-hmm. So then I, you know, Denny, the next next one is what? Denny's what, 21? 22. Yeah. 22? Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's, it starts off just with accountability, you know. And now I'm starting to feel like it's affecting the offensive end too. The reason I'm saying is, even though we were close in the game with Brooklyn, now guys are saying, okay, and it's usually the guys who are playing the least defense are now trying to be more aggressive offensive. Yeah. Now we're not in sync as we were, even though we were losing games. What started seeing us becoming in sync, moving the ball. You know, it was a lot of uh, great ball movement out there. You know, mm-hmm. it was a lot of uh, um, scoring because of because of the ball movement. And, you know, everybody gets involved. Now mm-hmm. it's a, it's becoming a one-on-one game again. Yeah, which was surprising. I, it just, like we talked about this the last time, it was like it felt like we were really moving in a positive direction. I, I just, I, you know, and, and it happens some nights you're not going to have it. Like everybody's got one of those kind of stinkers in them or it's a schedule loss or whatever. But I thought going to the Nets game, like 
you know, I think we've been pretty good on the show about like, all right, what kind of Wizards team are we going to see on this particular night based on the set, you know, schedule, most recent game. We've kind of called our shots pretty well here. Uh, that was one where I, I thought they would perform better, especially with the like Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Kuzma animosity there. Like I thought we'd be kind of like pumped up to show him something and just out of the gate. I was like, ah, this is, this is not going to end well tonight. Yeah. It would look flat. Yeah. Out of, out of the gate. What was three turnovers right out of the gate? Yeah. It was really sloppy to start out and, and never really got much better. Honestly. No, no, it didn't. And it became a one-on-one game, you know, um, everybody pretty much was going to, for himself. Mm. I did. I did like to see um, Kula Bali, uh, Bilal, mm. get be a little more aggressive and a little bit mm-hmm. more selfish, though. That I one did. mini pull up that he had, like the w- Wizards Twitter is like freaking out about like that right. sort of like ISO play. I'm like, this. Hey, yeah. we want more of those. Now that's we need him to be more, a little more selfish because he's a, he's mm-hmm. a he's the ultimate team player. Yep. Right. But he can be effective, and, and you see every game, you see something different you've never seen before. Like, oh, he can do that too. Oh, he can do that too, <laughs> right? Yeah, I want to so see like, that every time. Right, so we need you to be more, more, just more effective, more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, in the chat, uh, it never makes no sense. That am I crazy for being really happy with the individual players' improvement this year? Yes, uh, you are crazy for that. Uh, no, I. Certain no, players. Not crazy. No, uh, I like cool Bali specifically. Yeah, individual players. Not not every individual player, but certain ones, I think for sure, have have shown some growth. I wouldn't say everybody's playing, you know, better this year, but cool Bali for sure is a bright spot. Denny, Denny's been great. Uh, I I think Shamit, even though you know, I I don't think it's is that growth or that's just kind of he is who he is at this point. Well, it, it's 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 a difference between how he was playing. I get it. Uh, yeah, it's I a great question. It. Is it growth? Because we're just seeing Shaman is finally being Shaman, right? Right. right. I think but so. we haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, right? I mean, Gaff- Gafford, I thought, has trended up. Gafford? Yeah, de- yep. I don't feel like I've seen much growth from Corey Kispert overall. Like, he's a little more aggressive. I, mean, I don't think he gets – his new position, I don't get – I don't think he gets a chance to – Grow, yeah. I think some of that could definitely be role and usage. And, right, his new roles he, now. Now, when he goes out, he kind of just has. He's he's more like pressing. He's just pressing to, to make something mm-hmm. happen. It's not freedom of growth position now. No, I agree. This is actually a good segue because these are a couple of the things I want to talk about today. And it was just we, we've had twenty games. It's a good opportunity to kind of reevaluate and just talk about what we really want to see from them for the next twenty games. So. Let's just start on like the individual player front. Are there any guys that you feel like like need to step up and have the ability to step up uh, that just that we haven't seen it from so far? So the guys we were just talking about have made some some impressive individual growth. Is there someone that hasn't shown that yet that just really needs to? So I have this guy I'm gonna choose has shown growth. Okay. But and with growth is saying, okay, what's the what's the standard? Mm-hmm. What are we comparing him to, right? Mm-hmm. The him being better than he was, or being you know where he can be, you know mm-hmm. where what's what's his potential wise or where? He, I still yeah. think Gafford can really step up more, yeah. even though, and I've been hard on him, even mm-hmm. though he has shown some growth. He's 
much better rim protector now. Actually putting putting the ball in the basket now. Sure. Um, sometimes a much better defender, actually post defender or in the help position. He can still help a lot. He can still off the ball. He can he can still step up a lot. So I think he can still be. I think. He needs to, I think he can be much better rebounder. Mm. I think what he's learning, he's learning like the typical NBA game, which I don't, Mm. you know, where let me save myself to be able to get my stats. He's learning that and he's is more effective now getting the stats. He, he's, he's blocking shots outside of his man, mostly on this guy, but uh, he needs to be a more help side defender, help defender blocking. Right, mm-hmm. stopping, stopping drives. Will somebody get their, their their foot in the paint? He's already there early. He's not there, right? Yeah. Um, being able to do catch more, he's actually doing a much much better job of that. Not only just getting alley oops. Now they can drop it sometime here. Get a quick shot. I seen him shoot a jumper the other day. It was looked very nice, you know. But I still think he's a guy who can grow. Um that I would like to see that can He's still be pretty young. Was he 24, 25? Like, I mean, this is not an old dude. And he could be more effective with the team um, that can grow within the team. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, what I'm going to have, and I think, I don't know, anyone listening to this is probably expecting one of us to say Jordan Poole, but I'm going to go Denny Avdia. And I, I don't want the, Denny Avdia stance take this the wrong way. I mean it as a positive. I think the growth he's shown this year, we could actually get more from him. Like if he's more confident with the jumper and that allows him to put the ball on the floor more and create for others. This last couple games prior to this last one, uh, which was just sort of an overall stinker, when Denny had been more integral to facilitating the offense, I thought they looked their best. When it was him and Kuzma getting other guys involved, I'd like to see more of that along the way. I think now Kuzma's done it for like what eight, nine games straight of like really emphasizing that. Denny, it's been the last like two, three, four. I think that needs to be something that they really, you know, impress upon him to to kind of focus on. Like we want to see you try to create for guys. I don't even care if it's just like simple dribble handoff kind of stuff. It it just when more guys touch the ball, they seem to be much better offensively. And and I think he's a guy that can kind of push the the envelope with that a little bit. And I think what you and I are saying when we consider it growth, considering growth for the long term. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right? So we're looking at guys like a Gafford, a, a Denny, a Kula Bali, right? As far as for growth for the long term. You know, we, we you can easily say Poole. You can easily say Kuzma. Yeah. But not only they're typical, you know, they not they not they not, you may not be able to build around them for the long term. I agree. Yeah, they're probably uh, honestly like I I know some of these guys are getting a little salty about this kind of stuff being being traded all the time, but they're probably both not here for the long term. It's just no, the nature yeah. of the league and and their contracts and where we're at. So those are the three guys we just talked about are more likely to be here. Kispert's probably another one who could find himself here for another couple years at least. Yeah. Uh, there was the, uh, a billboard that the Monumental Sports put up the other day, and it had uh, Poole, Kuzma, Gafford, Denny, and Corey Kispert on it. And Hoop District tweeted it out, and 
Uh, Tosh Jones was in the comments and it, it, the, the, the caption of the picture basically said, uh, is it saying something or foreshadowing that Tosh Jones isn't on the billboard here? And Tosh Jones posted all these like shocked emojis below it. And, and I think realistically, if you're the Wizards, you want to reuse that billboard for multiple years. And those are the guys that are under contract long term. Tyus is an expiring contract at the end of the year. Like, I don't think that's a slight to him. It's just playing the percentages here that if someone moves, there's a good chance it could be him. And, you know, I mean, he's just not under a long term deal. So I, I don't know as a player, like, I don't think that would be the one I'd choose to be offended about personally. But yeah, I guess it is what it is. No, I don't think you should be offended by it. You know, and he's a new point guard, right? Yeah. He he serves a role, right? But you got those pretty much are the biggest names on the team right now, right? Yeah, those he's, pretty much most of those are the biggest contracts, right? Mm-hmm. So you have most teams market their big contract guys, right? And that's just what is what it is, mm-hmm. and believe and and they'll put that billboard up there tomorrow and be talking about trades to the next day. For sure. So it's tough as a player when you do see that and you say, nah, you know, okay, they're not considering me as this guy. Not, not, it's not always the case. Yeah. I mean, Koulibaly's not up there either. And he's like maybe the only guy that he should, to if anybody, he should be up there. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's just stupid from the marketing department. And, and I wouldn't now, read too much into that from anyone. And then most of those have been long term players. See, most yeah, of those Poole, have been Poole, Poole's still. the only new face on that group. Yeah, Poole's the only new face. Yeah. Right. So not only that, they're so. kind of giving you players that you're already comfortable right. with and used to. Exactly. Yeah. As fans, these are guys I'm most likely to recognize across multiple right. groups. That's a great point. Uh, in the chat, Cam asked, do you think Kuzma gets moved uh, January 15th when he's eligible to be traded? I don't. I actually think he's the guy most likely of that sort of veteran tier ish player to be here at least for another year or so. I don't think he gets moved that fast. I think that they're questioning if Jordan Poole is that, that franchise guy, that guy you can build anything around that cornerstone guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big question mark. I think, oh, I, the I think they would move him from what they've seen if they could. It's just, will they I be think, able to I get value so back? Yeah. Well, not, not, not because he does some good things, but not because of the good things, just because of the narrative is get, becoming very bad out there. That's true. You know, and it's, it's mostly because of pool. I mean, now that it's almost affecting Kuzma's value because yeah, of the one, two punch, right? It's, yeah. You don't want to be. We don't. You don't. You don't want to be the the laughing stock. I've you seen know. a lot more tweets that say this Kuzma Jordan Poole duo is terrible together, and it's like, well, when you play all of your minutes next to a guy, and one of them is that bad, it's gonna sink your net rating and all these kinds of things. And uh, if, to me, if I'm Kuzma. I'm going to the front office. Yeah, trying to distance yourself from that. I got a last in this league, man. I got yeah. like. I, I actually have a passion for this game. I like the NBA. I like my I like my job. Yeah. Right? Fans, the fan narrative is starting to change. There's a lot more Kuzma, you know, bad stats, bad team, or good stats, bad team kind of guy, like empty stats, that kind of stuff. And it's like the offense usually looks like dog shit when he's not out there. So I, I don't know that 
you can watch this team and not think like he moves the needle for them. Um, now, do you think he's worth keeping long-term is like a totally fair question, but one of them has been a net negative and I, I don't think it's Kyle Kuzma. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, at this moment, I don't know if they're both long-term guys for the future of the team. Yeah. But I know one affects the other. Mm-hmm. I think one affects everybody on the team yeah. too. Uh, it, it's just that's been tough. Yeah, I, I don't know. They've got to figure something you out. Can only, there. You can only make so many excuses for for a guy. Yeah, right. We're twenty you can games only make in so now. Many excuses yeah. For a guy, he say, "Look, man, this is not working." Mm-hmm. Uh, how is how professional does he is he going to become? You know, is he going to be a team guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, will he become a team guy? Will yep. he? Will he ever care about defense? Doesn't seem like that so far. Like, will he take this game seriously? Yeah. Will he take the team seriously? Will he take the direction from the coaching? Ser- Listen, I get it, but if I'm a guy, if I know I'm also, and I don't think he even realized he's on a. He's, you know, he's on a line. He's straddling the line. He's like, I got my money. I don't care. I don't know if that's the case. I think that's but, the problem is he seems kind of like oblivious to this kind of stuff. Yeah. See, or, yeah. Completely oblivious. They, right. It, it gives me Kyrie vibes a little bit. I was saying this the other day and, and they asked him after practice about playing through nights where he struggles from the field. And he said, the shots that I'm shooting in the game are the shots that I shoot in practice. Right. I just have to continue to be aggressive because it helps our team. I think everybody knows my shot is going to come. I would love to ask his teammates if they think the shots he's throwing up in practice are actually like convertible in games. Cause I, I think you see some of the faces sometimes when he shoots and it's like, he's yeah, the no, no, shooting, yes guy. If you're shooting shit in practice, don't mean now like, it's shit either way. Right, exactly. You might make more of them in practice. Just because you're making them in practice don't mean it's not a shit shot. Right. Right? So, don't mean it's not a, you know, so my thing is, the problem is no one's stopping that shot in practice. Mm-hmm. So, right. now he's comfortable the game, in the game. The only thing that I've seen him effective, really effective, was getting down here. Mm-hmm. Because he's so fast. He gets down here, gets to the rim, even, and he can score he can score against rim defenders. Yeah. If it's just getting down here and jumping and it's just the layups. Mm-hmm. When it's all, you know, when it's those crazy shots, the quick shots and all that, man, it just hurts the team. It, it's a it, it hurts the it hurts us good possession, a serious possession. Yeah. It affects the next couple possessions and everybody else's yeah. defense too. I think he has been like worse than I expected on like wide open catch and shoots and things like that. Like those things I think will even out to his point maybe, but it's, you're not helping yourself by taking more shots. I'd love to see him try to get to the line. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. Get, just get a few freebies and get yourself going, like work your way out. Don't start with your first shot attempt as a 25 footer. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Just some hurl, uh, like a quick hurl shot. It's just a 25 foot hurl. Yeah. But turn around, something crazy. Like you, you're hurting your teammates. Mm-hmm. You're hurting their value. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it just, you got almost to no me, shot like, to that's win. the most person. That, that's, 
they can get violent. You start messing with guys' value. <laughs> right. I mean, we, now you mess with their families. I mean, we may have seen some of that in uh, in his previous destination. Like now, yeah. maybe we're seeing some of where, where that came from. I, I still don't think hauling off and hitting the guy is the right move. But at a certain point, maybe if that didn't get through to you, I don't, I don't know what is. So I don't maybe. think hauling off and hitting the guy on camera is the right yeah. move. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. but if you played in NBA long enough, you probably should have waited to the locker room. But right. Where, the, where there's definitely no cameras. We know lack practice of, is being recorded. The lack of unprofessionalism and the lack of how he doesn't take the game serious. If he voices that same sentiment as the same way he plays, mm-hmm. a person who takes this game one a certain way, yeah. that's going to eat him alive. I think so, too. Uh, all right. So to summarize here, I think we'd like to see a more serious pool. We'd like to see uh, more aggressive Bilal and Denny. We'd like to see better rebounding and continued ball movement. I think we just made this team like five wins better than they are right now. If any of those right. things come through. If we do one, if we do two out of the four or two out of five, yeah, we have much more wins under our belt because we've been in close games. Finding a way to fix perimeter defense is good, too. What's the last blowout? Well, Brooklyn. (laughs) But before that... It wasn't a blowout, though. It was a close game all the way for a while. It it, it ended up being. But the first three quarters wasn't a blowout. I I think that's kind of been their move this year, at least the last 15 games or so, is when they lose it, it's late. And then when it gets bad, it gets really bad. We don't know how to win games. They don't, yeah. Right. And, And this is just... I think it really does come down a lot to to the backcourt when other teams can just get to get by your perimeter defenders at will and break your defense down so much. And then you can't get easy baskets because teams are locked in on the other side. That's when those games seem to like get away from them. So if I'm West, like one of the rotation changes I would make, I, I don't know if DeLon Wright is ever coming back at this point. This is the longest like quad strain or whatever this thing is. I forget what the injury even is. It's been so long. I think it's a quad. I want to say if it's somebody in the chat, if you, if you remember, um, let me know. I, I can't even remember. It's been so long since you know, I'm right working on the trade. Yeah, right. Exactly. Not, I'm good. That quad strength. You know, sometimes it's a pride strength. Sure. You know, that quad strain is getting is sometimes a pride, pride strain. Hey, let me get out of here. And not being um, respected on this team. I feel like I'm better than Ty is, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. We go somewhere where it's, you know, so yeah. let me just hold on to the injury. Let me stay on the injury. Uh, it never makes no sense in the chat. So it's sprained left knee. Okay. I was wrong then. Not a quad. But uh, still, I haven't heard any real updates on this in a while. I, I don't know severity. It seems, again, not a doctor. don't know what a sprained knee Timetable yeah, typically when, is. When but they stop talking about it, that means they, that means he's just pre- he's st- he's sticking with the injury. Yeah, I mean honestly, that would be the guy though. Like that's who I would start next to Pool. I, I know people said we got to start Bilal or whatever, but I think Delon Wright is the guy on the perimeter that could actually lock some of these guys down. And then you bring Ty. You start him next to Pool. Yeah, I would start him next to Pool. And take out who? Tyus. Tyus. Yeah. I'd let Tyus like run the second. Tyus is less, less turnover prone. 
Tyus is definitely less turnover prone, but we're getting cooked. Tyus put up more. Yeah, you think talking about defensively, right? We're getting cooked defensively. But what do you take? Lot. What do you? Which one do you take? Offense or defense? Uh, I think for the starting unit, I would definitely take the defensive upgrade just to put him next to Pool. You don't need the other offensive player, and you're getting you're like your bench unit has actually been performing pretty well relative to other bench units. I think Tyus could juice that up even more. So your starters are at a net negative. Okay, well, let's try to win the bench minutes at least a little bit more often. I think it would just be a better balance, personally. I would try it. I'm not saying that it'll solve anything. I think this team is bad regardless, but, uh, you know. Tyus is putting up, Tyus, first quarter, he's at least putting up six points first quarter. His his offensive stats are great. I mean, but they're not going to bench And so now you got to figure out what's the trade-off. Right. NBA today is is about how many points you put up. I, I realize that, but when the other team is guaranteed to point put up other points with that backcourt, we've seen twenty games now to know that 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 pairing together does not work. Got to be something different. I don't care what it is. I would try everything else other than this. Yeah, it's just I can't watch twenty more games of that shahadi. Like I I'm a dog shit defender against other slow middle aged men. And I'm like, how, how, like there's this clip the other night of pool just standing there like this, like he got frozen as someone just walks around him to the hoop and you're like, he didn't care. And then he did. And he put his hands up. Yeah. He thought he, he thought the guy pushed off or something, but it didn't matter. No, he he got lightly brushed. I mean, it's like, it's, I know basketball is not a a contact sport, but it's a contact defensive end whatsoever. They just don't care. It literally is literally now they don't care. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's no, there's no. I feel other like you can hold Tyus to some sort of accountability mm-hmm. if he didn't go. But what about him? Yeah, exactly. You, there's no like when when Pool can do that shit and never get benched. If I'm Tyus, there's nothing you can tell me at this point. Right. Uh, any changes to the rotation you would make? Like anybody that isn't playing? Like honestly, even if you started Shamit, I mean, so, somebody different. I'll start Shamit. I kind of, I kind of like it to be honest with you. Like I like, I've liked the Landry Shamit's minutes a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, I, I, I like, I like how effective Shamit can be, and he, uh, he's plays with a, with a hunger, a desperation. There's a little edge there, yeah. Yeah, a little edge, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. Like that. So, and to me. We I don't feel like we got any edge in our first start in our starting five. Nope. You know, and it's, when you have somebody that brings edge, it kind of it's it's it, it's effective. It goes, you know, it's infective and it's infectious and go all the way through other the other players. You know, Denny's probably the most fiery guy of the starting five, and even we've seen a lot less of that this year too, which I, I think in some ways it's a good thing from a maturity standpoint, because he would kind of have outbursty stuff in past years, but I'd like to see to your point, like the one guy that like MFers people to the point that it gets everybody else kind of juiced up. There's just none of that. Can Denny be the MF or God? I, I don't know. Remember I people mean, know Denny from last year too. Yeah. Where he was kind of going through the, the confident roller coaster. Mm-hmm, that's true. You know, so anybody who's, you know, understood Denny from last year was there last year. I don't know if he's capable of MFing them too much. Yeah, right? I agree. He, I, sometimes you be... meet a guy, you like, oh, damn, I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. Shevin may, it's not, sometimes you got to be the MFer. You know, yeah. not because you're the 
making the most money. Shevin to me can just be an MF type of guy. Yeah, somebody has to be the rock the boat guy. Yeah, and I, and that's to me just a nice team. We don't have a rock the boat type of guy. We don't have a guy who's willing to throw shit in the locker room. Right. Yeah. Somebody that plays enough that it means something and could come in and it's got enough standing in the league. Like uh, we hear about Anthony Gill's leadership, but like, you know, he's not coming in and flipping over card tables or whatever. Like right. Danilo Gallinari is not the guy coming in and like ripping all the stuff out of his locker. Right. It's just, so who is it? I think that's a great don't have it. The, the guy who it should be. Yeah. It's Kuzma. I think so. And he's been like the nice big brother type for most of this team. And you got to stop. You got to stop putting his arms around guys and start, you know, God rest his soul, but you know, start Kobe and people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Somebody, we need a little of that mm-hmm. or a lot of that. <laughs> like I just that, that would go a long way. I think because Wes isn't that guy. Like I think sometimes your coach can probably give you a little of that kind of juice. Well, he, the coach guys can give you a lot. Right. If the coach is a truly hard nosed type of person, yeah, either he he can teams take on that coach's personality a lot, especially okay. young teams, mm-hmm. right? The coach is a hard nosed type of, you know, that type of person. You know, n- no cut cars. You know, push, push, push. The 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 your young guys are really going to absorb that. Right. Mm-hmm. You can get some people to run through walls for you. Um, so to me, it starts off with the coach. Mm-hmm. If the coach is willing to fight, sometimes the coach got to be willing to fight a player. Go and get in his face. Man mm-hmm. to man. It's like, all right, let's, play, let's throw basketball aside. Mm-hmm. You soft. Yeah. You selfish. You sensitive. This is right? our Jerry Stackhouse pitch, exactly, by the way. <laughs> That would be the imagine you know him in the locker room with these guys like that. I mean, that, anybody got a problem with a step up right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Things have changed. Yeah. Now, now it's now a matter of them demand this respect now. Mm-hmm. This is how it is. And if you want to challenge it, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Can, can you? It's nice from top to bottom. Does that have to be your personality? Like, if you don't naturally have that, is it believable to your teammates when you cook? Can, like, anyone just try to be that guy? You have to stand on something. Okay. You can't you can't be afraid as a coach to speak the truth. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, T. Lou is a nice guy, right? Sure. But he respected because he don't care about telling you the truth. He's going to laugh with you, but he's going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And nothing is respected more than somebody is going to tell you the truth and, t- and tell you exactly where you stand. And it's not a personal attack, I think, what it's, it's not from him. You know, like guys can take that at face value. But as soon as a coach plays around that and start tap dancing around that and going to other guys or whatever, yeah, he loses respect instantly and he can't gain it back. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And the NBA is about men. It's a men's league. It's all men. It's no kids. It's the Ime Yudoka effect, right? Like, come in and just, like, I'm rolling my sleeves I'm up. Exactly. And like, who who wants to go? I'm like, right. 
It call it it call somebody a bitch, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, when you, and if he go, if he get, imagine if he called LeBron that and soft on the sideline. Imagine what he's saying in the locker room. Exactly. Yeah, if I'm Jay Sean Tate on the locker room, you know, and I didn't just box out, I'm I'm looking away from from coach. You know, I'm not making eye contact. Right. I mean, yeah. sometimes this is what I realized a long time ago in this game. A coach can sometimes get out of you what you haven't been able to get out yourself yet. Mm. And sometimes it's the, he may get it out of you in the worst way possible. Mm-hmm. You may go, you may leave that locker room steaming, upset, like the worst you've ever been. You didn't need that sometimes though. But you'll go on the court and do and start and dig deeper than you ever have done. Like you personally been able to. Right. And it's mostly because you're playing now. You're not playing because of of the the what what the coach did. You playing against the, you playing tough because of what the consequences may be if you don't. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So sometimes you may not be playing for yourself. You saying, well, it'll be what what I would face would be worse if I don't. Mm-hmm. And but what happens in that process is you just learn something about you. Yeah. yeah right. You learn, yeah. you learn another level. You learn, oh, I oh, it's another wall I can break through. Mm-hmm. Right. It's about pushing the right buttons for the right guys, too. Like not everyone can take it that way, I don't think. And and you gotta know who can respond to what kind of thing. I mean, that that's always been my take. Is like some guys need tough love, other guys. It's not going to work with them. Like it, it just, you got to be able to kind of assess who needs what, when, and I don't know if any of that stuff is happening with this team. I don't know that it's not, I'm, I'm not speaking on Wes. It's just, it's got to come from somewhere. I think that's all we're saying. And there's nobody's challenging their starting position. If you say, Hey, look, it's your last mm-hmm. game. If you, if you don't show up and you're not dominant, you don't give me this much. You don't be a team player. This, Tomorrow, starting tomorrow, starting next game, so and so will have your position. You'll be done. Yeah. We'll find somebody that can. Watch how that kid. Watch how that players play. Yeah. And then maybe I don't know if that lasts, like how long that effect lasts, but you at least get a couple good games out of them. I would think. You get, hey, you go. You you'll get a lot of good games out of them. Yeah. I or or or, or is either you're gonna get a lot of good games out of them. You're gonna get a much harder player. Or he's going to quit on you, right? And then you then you know who to move. Then that, that guy's not about it. He can go. That's just as informative as anything. Exactly. Uh, I was playing a tennis tournament with a buddy one time, and uh, the guy I'm playing doubles with is also like one of the best prep school basketball coaches of all time, right? And we were getting our asses kicked, and he just looks at me and he goes, "At some point, are you going to stop playing like absolute dog shit?" And I was like, "Whoa, okay, <laughs> like." All right, that's real. And I was so pissed at him. I was like, we ended up winning the rest of the match. But like, I, I needed that at that moment. And I didn't know I needed that. Like, but when you coach people for a living and you're good at it, you know what guys need what things when. Some guys might need tough love. Some guys might need kid gloves. Uh, but and, and some players love that type of coach. Some players yeah. can't handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Some players uh, love it. We had a coach. With the Wizards, uh, 
Uh, he was he came in kind of temporary coach. Uh, at he coaches at the University of Little Rock now, Arkansas. Oh, um, um, I, I don't know why his name is is head coach. Yeah, he was head head coach. Yep. Um, start with a D. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, I'm getting old, but if I can't remember all the wizard uh, coaches, I just talked to him on the phone. Ah, oh, man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Daryl Walker. Daryl Walker. D Walker. Yeah. D Walker was a mf. <laughs> he told Ike Austin, "You stealing money? Get that fuck out of my gym. We yeah. can fight right here." Are you ready? D walk told everybody like it is. I was so used to coaches kind of, you know, it was tough for me. I'm not lying. It was tough for me because I had to get used to a coach like D walk again. I haven't seen a coach like him for a long time, especially not in the NBA. Yeah. But it was players on the team who, who loved it. Like, Oh, finally. The vets, some vets, like, oh, finally, this now we have a coach like I'm used to playing against guys they, who play with pop, right? Or their college the coach did, did that. Yeah. When D Walk came in, that's what because it he said everything exactly like it is. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a filter. He didn't have a cut card filter. You playing like a beat? Oh, you you in practice? He was like, hey, practice is gonna be this time. I got to get home and get my wash my soap operas. I I got to watch my soap operas. <laughs> we got to go hard. Blah blah blah. And th- yeah. so even then, when he walked into practice, he's going to tell you like it is. I like that. You know, uh, he tell the kid, hey, you were stealing money at your other team. That's funny. So you going to come over here and make some money or what? Because you like it, Just like that. You sensitive. Mm-hmm. You soft. Can you do that today in today's NBA? Yeah, you need players? to. Yeah. yeah. I, I believe me, it's coaches who do that. I don't I, know if I get there's it. a new coach now. That's tougher, I would think. Yeah. With though, with now with the, but Ime did that right. Like that's the example. I mean, he did. So somebody, but also Ime could because he already knew the players too. Yeah, he'd been there and kind of knew. Yeah, and that's the best way to be. So they already respected him because he probably, he probably came in as the, um, as the guy who, like when when he would he would he's to keep it real guy. Mm-hmm. And if you're the assistant, keep a real guy. Guys run to you then. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they probably had until so when it's time for it, like, you're going to make, oh, we need to keep a real guy to be now the head coach. You know this person better than I do. So you tell me if I'm wrong here. But I feel like Jason Tatum is somebody who can definitely take that and may actually respond really well to that. Oh, yeah. And if he, he takes it that. well, you know, the other guys are going to have to take it too. Yeah. He wants that. Yeah. But you, if you see how tough the Celtics were when Eme was there, and mm-hmm. then how the adjustment had to come with the new co- when the when the assistant came up, and they kind of they end up kind of getting softer a little bit, mm-hmm. because you take on the you kind of take on the, the 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 you hold the the personality of a coach a lot a lot. That's the first one you got a hard nosed coach when things get tough. He can push you to be tough. A coach, you're only going to go as far as a coach can push you, no matter how talented you are sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in chat, you're that guy on the team that's playing. You have pushing. to be. Yeah. A Kobe can do that or something, you know. Like, right. Uh, 
Joe Swam said in the chat, coaching comes from the word stagecoach, taking a person from where they are to where they want to go. It starts with being honest about where we want to go. Want to win? Want to win here? That's Here's what it looks like. I, Joe, I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, that. I don't know that that's not happening here, uh, but it's, it doesn't feel like that's the vibe of, of anybody is like being pushed, you know, in the, this is, this is where we need to go. And and the accountability word is going to be the biggest thing for this team all season. Right. Optimism on every team at the beginning of the season. Sure. Every team is optimistic. Yep. We heard all about the chemistry of this team. I think you got to treat your team, no matter how great your team is or how, how mediocre it is. Mm. You got to stick by your your principles and your core, and you got to fight for them as a coach. Yeah, yeah. If you don't uphold the standard, no one else. Is right. Going. When you stop fighting for them, yeah. like you got to fight to the death for all of them, and, and it's gonna turn some players away, some players gonna dislike it. But what happens is, either way, a common goal forms after a while. Mm-hmm. Either they all gonna get together and hate you together, or they, <laughs> yeah. they, they still they still play well. Because they hate you together, yeah. or they're gonna just they're gonna they're gonna go into your philosophy and, and do it yeah. that way. But either way, you can't leave options. Mm-hmm. I think that requires your front office to back you on that too. And if you're a new front office with an incumbent coach, I'm not saying he's a lame duck necessarily, but I do think that that plays some amount of weight into this too of just. You're a defensive-minded coach, and guys are playing huge minutes that don't defend at all. So what do you stand for? I mean, that's that's how I would look at that if I were other players. So what do we do? So say, for instance, the season keeps going this way, mm-hmm. and we end up kind of pretty much, you know, a, a losing season, big-time losing season. Yeah. What options do we have in the draft? In the draft, or did we give? Uh, did we give away any? So uh, we owe our pick to the Knicks if it falls outside the top twelve. I can promise you, this pick will not fall outside the top twelve. So they're going to end up with the top four pick essentially. Mm. Just, just, just wondering, you know, what their thought process is ultimately. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you have to start that thought process early once you realize certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think this group gets that they probably need that top pick slash talent infusion and they're going to coach or, you know, they're going to build the roster accordingly. People that think they're going to make upgrades at the trade deadline to win a few more games or we need a center because we want this team to get better. Like I would not hold my breath for that is all. I'm yeah. Yeah. Me neither. Uh, John, the last thing I want to talk to you about here, too, is just this um, Chase Hughes articles on Bilal Koulibaly, which, again, everybody go to Monumental Sports Network, look at Chase's most recent feature on Koulibaly. I thought it was awesome. And uh, there's just just great stuff in here. I'm going to read a little bit to everybody, so sorry in advance. But it says, uh, Koulibaly, this is Chase writing about Koulibaly. The rookie has become entrenched in watching film, looking for cues on how to improve. Veteran Kyle Kuzma told him to watch as much of it as possible, and he's fallen headfirst into the practice. When Koulibaly watches games back, he notices moments where if he just tried a little bit harder, it might have changed a play. For a player whose effort isn't being questioned by anyone, Koulibaly expects more of himself the more he learns what is go- the more he learns what going the extra mile can mean at the NBA level. 
more sprinting, running a little bit more in transition, everything. Even if I'm not open, someone's going to follow me. So if it opens up something for somebody else, when I look at film, it seems like I could sprint a little bit more, Koulibaly said. Koulibaly isn't only watching himself when he studies Wizards games. He says he keeps a keen eye on Kuzma whenever he's on the court. Koulibaly sees his future in Kuzma, who at 28 years old is putting up career numbers this season. Uh, I watch the whole game to see how he plays. There's a lot to take. He's been talking to me a lot about eventually going through the guy when going up for the layup. Uh, he got some, he's got some great advice for me. And one of the things cool Bali talked about is how he wants to add strength because he can just attack guys more instead of going around him. He can go through them and it gives him more options. I love everything in this article. So if you like the wizards, again, I would implore you to read it, but I also think that's another reason why they're not going to trade Kuzma. You, you hear from cool Bali directly, how much that is meant for him. That's not coming from a coach. That's not coming from anybody else in the locker room. It's the guy that's like, do this. Like, this is what you need to do to be a pro. And we hear all about all the veteran leadership. We need a Taj. We need a Gallinari. We need an Anthony Gill. I don't hear anybody saying, well, Anthony Gill taught me about film study. So, you know, this is the kind of guy I think you want leading your locker room from that perspective, at least. Well, the, the NBA today, they're not going to save Kuzma to save Koulibaly. Oh yeah, I mean, no. I mean, I, I get. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, if um, there's a great deal, they're going to take it. But I'm just saying, I wouldn't be in a hurry to get rid of him. Uh, no, I don't think yeah. he should be. Yeah, but I think the information and the and the growth of Cooler Body. One thing I know about Cooler Body is he's dissecting everything. Yeah, you can see or, the process. He's dissecting everything for his growth. He's yeah. sitting there just being a sponge, soaking every moment up, taking the time, taking the time to study, like. He's not a player who's just cool and comfortable with his, his his growth and saying, okay, let me grow naturally. Mm-hmm. Right? He's learning every moment. He's just he's a he's a sponge for information right now. And, and it's a difference between a sponge for information and a sponge for information and goes out and regurgitates it right away and tries it out. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference between most players who work on stuff all day and everything they need to grow, but yeah. when it get, comes game time, they, they're scared to try it out. Yeah. Right. Um, Kuzma sees that, and I think Kuzma sees a lot of himself in Koulibaly. Because yeah. think about Kuzma when he was with L.A. He was a different player than he was now. Yeah, staying in the His corner. growth came from just sitting there watching LeBron James all day. He talked about it. LeBron and Rondo were the two biggest guys for his development. And he said right. Rondo was the one kicked him in the ass and said, watch film, 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 film. Film, 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 film. Exactly. So, um, I think I agree with what you're saying. He's perfect for that situation because he saw the best. He, It's not that he has so much information to give. Mm. But he's teaching how to learn the information. Exactly. The right? things you have to do to maximize. Because most yeah. people don't understand. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't learn how to learn it. Mm. Right. So mm. now when you, pro- and, and he's teaching like, okay, like you say, go through the body. He's not saying, hey, your, your first step was too slow. Work on your dribbling. He's saying like the, the small intangible things that mean so much. Mm-hmm. Right. I watched you all the way to the point you got to the body. Yeah. When you got to the body, you hesitate. You try to avoid it. Don't avoid the body. Go through it. 
So I think only person who can really end up giving, who can really get that information that's on the team, not the staff, but on the team is Kuzma and it's valuable information. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if the team has sacrificed him just because. Yeah, of, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. If you get three first-round draft picks for him, uh, they're going to pack his bags. Because they don't care well. about the vets anymore. So that's the reason why I'm saying it. Would it be smart too? Maybe. But would they? I mean, and then, you know, they got to free up that money. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the unfortunate nature of today's NBA. You hear from a lot of these younger teams how much having 40-year-old Vince Carter on the bench, you know, meant for them and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like uh, guys they can learn from directly. Some other kind of good um, – sections of this article uh cool Bali talked about guarding luca every time i was guarding him i was learning something new every single play i was like oh i like that i'll keep doing that every game and on the offensive end cool Bali's displayed more than west Unsell jr or anyone else anticipated especially as a three-point shooter cool Bali recently admitted that he didn't even expect to be shooting as well as he is it's not to say it's by accident in fact cool Bali made several changes to his shooting mechanics late in the offseason in between the draft and training camp Kulabali was working out in Dallas with his trainer, Tim Martin, and Wizards assistant coach, Mike Miller, and they began the process of working on his footwork. They wanted to make sure at least one foot is nailed to the ground before the catch just to be able to sustain his balance and making sure his movements are more fluid as he's getting into his release. Uh, He said, I've got big hands, so it was tough at the beginning, but now I get it. The shot is just much more natural for me. He was putting his left hand, his offhand, in front of the ball when he shot. Now he holds it from the side, allowing him to better guide the ball towards the basket with his right hand. Once the changes were installed, it took a good deal of repetition to master them. Of course, over the course of the two months leading up to his NBA season, he took as many shots as possible to develop muscle memory. This dude puts in work. He is coachable. He's listening. They're not making wholesale changes like whatever happened with Johnny Davis. It's your hand is here. Now it's slightly here. You know, rep that thing out. And I love it. I just want more of this. Can we draft 10 more Koulibaly's? That's all I want. Is that too much to ask? What he's saying, though, yeah. think about it's not it's not rocket science what he's saying. Yeah. It's how how cost, how how zone, zoned in is what he's saying. I think if you mm-hmm. it's, it's how he's explaining it. He's explaining it in a way that you understand the depth of what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Right, it's not a nineteen-year-old thing like this. Nah, is- man, it's, he's what he's seeing and how he's explaining that is is like a a, a, a veteran coach who's, yeah, right. who's understanding basketball as a science. Yeah, like he's almost like how he's dissecting every piece and regurgitating it to you don't hear you don't hear vets talk like that. No, it's, you have to be like a junkie, like a real addict of basketball to be like, oh, I learned something every right. play and I'm taking that to heart. Like, that's refreshing to hear. Honestly. Right. It's it's to the point I'm I'm, I'm literally going to say, hey, man, send me that exact article. I will. Yeah. Because you can you can use how how he perceives the game and how he perceives his work, and how he perceives getting better and all the little small things. Mm-hmm. You can use that to any form in life. You can use it in basketball. You can be a motivational speaker, takes cooler body interview into a <laughs> tech class or, or mm-hmm. a, a company, a tech company, and work on team. You know, just mm-hmm. focus. Sure, he, that that type of focus to get better is different. Sure. Honestly, it's not just him. I think a lot of the guys we're seeing do well, especially as rookies, 
are the guys that when you watch them are like, that is a basketball junkie. Like that's the dude that's going to put in the time to process. He wants to learn. There are certain guys, the best players in the league. And sometimes you can, maybe a guy's lip service when he says it, but you know, when you hear like Dave Mullard, he watched every other NBA game that happened, you know, on his off night or whatever, or between he's playing one night, 10 other games are going on the next day. He's watched all 10 games. Like those are the kind of dudes that 60, 70% of their day. Yeah, exactly. Figuring it out. Yep. There was a thing while Scott Brooks was still here that they had a players only meeting after Brooks had called a bunch of guys out because no one on the team on, on their own went and watched film. Too many guys were focused on video games was the Scott Brooks quote. If I right. uh, get in most of that, right. Like who are the guys that like when they have free time are choosing to still be watching basketball. That's who I want a team full of. Yeah. And that, and it's not work. Right. They're it's, not yeah, doing what they want to be doing. To, uh, yeah. That's exactly what they want to do. Yep. Like, yeah. They can't wait. They, hey, I gotta watch. They obsessed. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta be maniacal. You gotta be obsessed. Yeah. Just of getting better, which not most part of your day mm-hmm. is based on your obsession. Yeah. 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 And that you always hear about, like what teams are looking with at with players when they interview them pre-draft and things like that. However you assess that that guy is going to be that kind of way. Like if you have an off day, what are you doing? Oh, I'm watching every basketball game on the slate tomorrow. Okay. Yes. I'll be taking you with the number seven pick in the draft. Right. Thank you. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. We just fixed it. I think uh, if Michael Winger and Will Dawkins are watching this, you now know what to do, guys. you got one. We need like 11 more of them. That's exactly. Those uh, guys you can grow with. Yeah. Exactly. That's who you want to go to war with too, right? Like, cause they, they will have seen it all at that point too. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, Johnny, I think that's all I got for you here. Really anything you want to wrap us with or anything? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, hopefully everybody liked that. Hopefully it was not as focused on uh, any of the less exciting parts of, of the last game. And they got a couple winnable ish ones coming up. I think here, the problem is they're going to be on the road here coming up next week. Uh, so I don't know. For us East Coasters, going to be some late nights if we want to catch some of these games. But uh, Portland comes up in the pretty reasonably near future here. That's a that's a winnable game. You might not win another game for a while if you don't get that one. So I'm excited yeah. to see how they look uh, during that matchup. <clears throat> Thanks, partner. Good stuff as always. I love that Daryl Walker one. I'm going to pull that out for everybody. Uh, folks, appreciate you all listening. Rate, review, subscribe, all the good stuff. Click the little like button for us. Uh, we always appreciate that. Tell a friend. And uh, we're presented by betonline.ag, and we'll catch you all next time. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube